everyone. I am currently stroking my new microphone. It's so sexy. I can't even describe it on a podcast without it sounding inappropriate. But after my mini break, since my last show, when I interviewed Domi Shee and Lindsay Collins, who are the director and producer of Disney's Turning Red, I decided to take a mini break. I closed series two and now I am on a fresh page with season three with a brand new microphone as well, which is amazing. And OMG again, this series is already different as I am doing my first show in person as the previous shows have always been done on Zoom. I have a good looking guest in front of me right now, but before I introduce you to this person, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back as I found out on Saturday that I won an award for my podcast and I won silver for moment of the year from British Podcast Awards. So you're listening to an award-winning podcast. Hey, It's a really nice award as it's not just on podcasting, but the category is all about the conversations that have been sparked through podcast shows and into the wider media. Now, I haven't actually had any feedback on what show or shows the judges at British Podcast Awards were referring to, but I have a strong feeling that the show it did with Katie Lowe was a huge driver for me winning the award as she opened up to me on criticism and racism she received when she got the part to play Cho Chang in Harry Potter. It wasn't an easy discussion for Katie. In fact, whenever we talk about our experiences on racism, it's never really an easy topic anyway. But I guess with Katie sharing her experiences, it was picked up by the mainstream media and it was widely spoken. I also feel a lot of the EC community could really resonate. So although a sad story, it was very relatable. So Katie, if you're listening, thank you so much for coming on the show. And yes, I won silver from podcast, which I'm so chuffed about. Anyway, I want to move on and I want to introduce you to my next guest. He's the most handsome person I've ever had on the show. In fact, he's the fittest person I've ever met in my whole entire life. <laughs> And he's just the kindest and what does that say? (laughs) (laughs) Lol, sorry, I just had to throw that dad joke out there. But everyone, this is my fiance and my favourite DJ, Mr. Ewan Smith. Hi, hi. <laughs> I feel like I need to be nice to you on this show because your mum and dad are going to be listening, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> and Emma and Caroline. Yeah, it makes a change. <laughs> yeah. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I thought it'd be really good to get you on the show for a couple of reasons. A, I think it'd be quite good content, but B... Because I'm doing these live shows, I think it's quite good to have you as my guinea pig. Because then you are a a practice run. Yeah, practice (laughs) run before people start coming around here for the show and stuff. Let's start from the beginning. Do you want to tell people how we met? Do you want to tell the story? We met on New Year's Day, 2010. I was running a a night like a party at a club called Cabri Voltaire. It Mm -hmm. was like a daytime party, Mm -hmm. and we had. We we had a lot of mutual friends and I'd just been getting to know them over the last year or two before that. And I'd heard that they had a friend from London coming up for for Christmas and New Year and she was going to be coming, which turned out to be you. And yeah, I remember, I, well, I remember you walking through the door because I knew you were going to be coming with our friend Emily. Yeah, big um, up Emily if you listen to yeah, the show. Yeah, so we... So, when I seen you come in with Emily, I was like, oh, this must be the girl. So I came over and I introduced myself to you. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. But obviously everything's a bit hazy from, for both of us from that yeah. day. <laughs> but I remember that and I remember chatting to you at the bar and I was telling you that we, I was planning to move to London. I, I was, I was actually moving, I was actually supposed to be moving to London like one month after. Yeah. So we kind of got chatting and I was kind of saying, yeah, we're, I'm going to move to London. I'm moving to London next month. So we, we kept in touch after that, yeah. which was pretty cool. And then, yeah, we've kind of messaged yeah. like for about a month and, and the run up to me moving down. And yeah. then I think the first week we, well, the first week, weekend I was in London, you were going to fabric with some people that I knew as well. So yeah. they, you invited me along. And for the, people listening to the show, so Fabric is a club in London. Yeah. I feel like we need to <laughs> always explain these things. Not everybody knows, but go yeah. on, ca- uh, carry on. Yeah. So then, and then that was, well, I've, that's fast forwarded a whole month. And yeah, basically we went to Fabric and the rest is history. We kind yeah. Of kind of, it's, uh, yeah. I think well, back then we were completely, we were much younger and we were completely, we were just party animals. 
Yeah, face yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> we still, we still do, but not. <laughs> not like back then back then was like <laughs> no, we do it we like don't a special occasions no no no, no. we don't do it now just yeah. like special yeah like, yeah special occasions every now and again yeah and right. i want to ask you what attracted you about me what was it what attracted you about me what attracted me about no no you go what attracted you about me like what was what was what was <laughs> I'm, I'm wording this really badly but what was the thing i thought oh i really like georgie your smile <laughs> <laughs> anything else yeah you're, yeah you're kind to other. this wasn't in the script you didn't I tell know. me <laughs> well i don't know what's it's part of you know how we first met uh, no you i just i, I just wanted you to, to welcome you because I knew you were coming, I knew you were coming from London. So I thought, oh, I'm going to be next to this girl yeah. because she's come. She wouldn't know anyone. But yeah, actually, yeah. it turns out you knew everybody. There, I do but, remember the conversation but, like, we had because that was the night when um, it was on New Year's Day in Cab Vault in a club. And I remember, I don't know, like I've seen you were playing, you were DJing and I thought you were good looking as well. And then I was like, oh, I mean, who's this guy? But then... There was also a guy that was in our group that said that you were moving down to London, but you had a girlfriend. So I never pursued an opportunity with you because I thought you had a girlfriend. So when I, so when you actually moved to London about six weeks later, and then I invited you out to fabric because that was my birthday. So I invited you out and then I realized how young you were as well. And I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, you're so young. I, I was thinking, oh, is this going to be a problem? So it's not, well, it's, it's not that like you were really, really young, but for me, I felt that was quite young. So when I met you, I think I was just about to turn 28 and you were only just 23. Yeah, that's that sounds quite a big, yeah. at that age, it seems like a big, yeah. big uh, uh, big age difference but now it's not not I think not I think anymore. because you told me how old your older sister Caroline was and your older sister is still younger than my little brother <laughs> and I was just like oh like it was just just a bit yeah, I don't yeah. know it just it, you, like were, it you were embarrassed to tell your family oh yeah I was embarrassed no one knew I how old I was for the first like probably the first yeah, five years yeah, of yeah. I never told any of my friends how old you were uh not that I was embarrassed no, no, but I was like, Not yeah, maybe but, it was, but, but you... I was just like, oh, I just don't want to talk about your age. And I think little things like when we used to travel up to Edinburgh, you would use your young person's card. Oh, I was and just I was... about to say that. Oh, yeah. no. And I, I, know, I, think, like... I think I think I remember being at the restaurant, George's family's restaurant, Golden Dragon, go to it. <laughs> it's really Re- Just reopened. <laughs> I remember going to the restaurant and yeah, I think your sister was asking me about like how did you because uh, how did you get up or how much were the the, the trains and I, and I was like oh yeah I've got my my young person's real card oh I know um, and you I remember you being because they because they didn't know how old I was and you hadn't told them because I think oh, you were a bit yeah. embarrassed to tell them and I and I and I just and I said like that I got I had like thirty percent off because I had my young person's real card, and then I think that got everyone kind of talking in your family to yeah, kind of guess I know. how old. But I think I just remember Christina and Andy. They were like, "Oh my god, how old are you?" And I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god." And I think you were talking about something else. I don't know. Like you're talking like that like you've. You do something with, with the hand, like you hold your phone in this hand or you, or something. And, you, and then I think you said, Oh, you have a cigarette in the other hand. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe you just said that. And then Christina said to me in Chinese, kiss it yima, which means, does he smoke? And I was like, Oh, it's another thing that I had to like. I don't smoke anymore about. though. That, that was a long time ago. That was such a long time ago. That's such a long time ago. Well, everyone, that's basically how you and I met. That was like 12 years ago. And you and a question that I want to ask you, we have really spoken about this before but it was on the agenda is have you ever dated an asian girl before or a black girl or just a girl that's not white no i don't think i have no No. so i'm your first poc (laughs) (laughs) and and how's your experience (laughs) okay another question be careful how you answer this because you will be massively judged do you have yellow fever? No, I didn't even know what yellow fever was until you told me about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember when I, obviously before I met you, I went on a date with this guy, this guy called Jay. Jay, if you listen to this, you're such a bloody twat. <laughs> Jay from Jay from Liverpool. That's where he's from, innit? That's my Scouse accent. But he said to me that he's got yellow fever. 
But at the time, I didn't realise that term was really problematic. And although it made me quite uncomfortable, the other part of me felt like it was a compliment as well. So it, it played in my mind quite a lot. And it's only since I've started doing this podcast and um, networking with the EC crew that it is problematic. And that's why it never really sat that well with me. I just didn't have the words to articulate why it was like problematic. Yeah. You have a, people that have a, the fetishize uh, on Asian women and they basically see us as like, as a sex object. I think it's just really dirty. And I think it's just, I think it's really dangerous. Have you ever had anyone that's asked you about like, about yellow fever or what's it like dating an Asian girl? Have you ever had those conversations with anyone? There was a guy I used to work with. He went away to Thailand for for a while. I think he was doing like a tattoo tattoo training mm-hmm. school. I, don't, I can talk about this because he won't listen to he won't listen to the show. <laughs> can we name him? Can we name him? <laughs> no, better, better, not, I better leave the name out just in case. Right, okay. Do I know? Do I know this person? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. What job is this though? Is this when you went to a uh, restaurant? Yeah, the restaurant. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. We so were quite, quite a while ago. Yeah, and and he went to he went to Thailand. I don't know what he got up to when he was there, but when he came back, he he said to me, he's like, oh, like in a kind of really quite a sleazy way, he said, oh, now I know what the big deal is about Asian women, assuming that I was like. I, like I thought the same as him, mm. and I, I, I don't know. I just it just caught me off guard, and I didn't really know what to say. Mm. And it just stuck in my in my mind, and it st- it stuck in my mind for like all this time. And I kind of wish that I'd said something at the time, but at, at the time I just didn't. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know how to yeah. to challenge him about it, and like ask him what What do you mean? What do you mean about? It? Yeah, that's probably my own. So, what did he say exactly? Do you remember? I, it was just like, oh, now now I know what the, what your it's like what the deal is with like having like yeah, like he's like oh stuff. now I know now like I don't know how to like it's really cool he's joined the club now like they're an object like yeah, a sex object yeah 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 whereas I'm like I'm like what what do you mean like I don't yeah. understand what you mean like but I think I know what you mean but the thing that you're saying I don't really agree I mm. don't think the same as you but mm. I think he's assuming that I'm thinking yeah. the same that he's that I think the same as him mm-hmm. which was I don't know it just didn't sit well with me mm. but at that time I just didn't. I, it just kind of caught me off guard. Yeah. I didn't really, I didn't say anything. I mm. just kind of walked away and got got back on to work. But I just, it's just kind of stuck in my mind. Do you I think he said it to you deliberately because he knows that you've got a Chinese girlfriend? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole big deal. Yeah, is. yeah. Like, think, like assuming that I've got yellow fever. Yeah. Basically, that's what he, he's assuming that, mm. and he's talking to me as if I know what he's. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, no, it's not like that. I'm like, <laughs> it's such a, it's such a hot, dangerous thing for, particularly for us Asian women, because I think when when people have a preference on Asian women, I think there's like a fine line because some of them, it's, it's really dangerous and they, they kind of put all Asian women in, in a pot really. And I think that we're submissive and we can basically be the slaves. We'll be good in bed. We'll do this. We'll do that. And it's just, and it, it's, it's such a, a dangerous stereotype and a dangerous like mentality. And like we've seen in, in Atlanta last year, I think it was yeah. when there was like mass shootings in Asian, in beauty spas. Now I'm saying beauty spas because the, I know that a lot of people call it a massage parlor because I actually trained as a massage therapist a few years ago. I also know that using the term massage parlor is quite problematic. It kind of like talks down at people who who work in the sex industry and... Also, whether people work in the sex industry or not, at the end of the day, they're still trying to make a living and they, uh, and the, the humans at the end of the day. So I'm going through a bit of a rabbit hole here. Hi, it's Future Georgia here. I'm just editing the show and I am listening back to what I'm trying to say about the massage parlor. So I wanted to give it a little bit more context. The term massage parlor is outdated and It's outdated because it's a term that's used where all massage workers also offer sexual pleasure, basically working in the sex industry. 
for a start, the sex industry should be treated no differently than any other industry, like the tech industry or the tourism industry, because at the end of the day, people are trying to make a living. Secondly, there are some massage therapists out there, and I was one of them, that just performed massage. We didn't do anything else. We didn't perform any sexual pleasure. And I think it's dangerous that when talking about massage parlor or talking about these therapists that we are being clumped, uh, we've been basically being clumped together. So that's basically what I'm trying to say. Now, on with the show. But just going back to the shooting in the spas where all these Asian people, particularly women, were, were killed. That's the reason this guy, he just fetishized us and he basically just wanted to kill. We were, Asian women were the target yeah. and that's because of it. And it's a hate crime as well. And it's, it's really, really common. Even on my DMs, I get a lot of really weird people. And I, d- I don't know whether they're fake profiles or not, but on the photos, they all seem to be men. And quite a lot of white men as well, actually. And they all just try to start up a conversation with me. So I just like ignore it. But some of them are just really, I don't know, it's just so sleazy. I remember when I was about 15, I went to Thailand with my mum, my brother was there and with my cousins and my auntie and my uh, dad or my mum's mum, she also came as well. But I just remember there was lots of white men that were just, I, I can't remember if they were on their own or with friends or whatever, but just the way how they looked at just the Thai women, it was so, so sleazy. And just going back to the date that I had years ago when, when I went out with Jay and he told me that he had yellow fever. Thinking back now, I didn't say anything. I, and I did actually quite like him. So I didn't say anything. Obviously nothing came about from that relation. Well, I wouldn't even call it a relationship. It's just like a date, but. Now that I'm more educated and I'm more aware of these things, it's definitely something that I would, that I would call out. So the guy at your work who basically told you that experience. So this would have been like what? Like 10 years ago or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe like eight, seven, eight years. Yeah. Like it, it's quite yeah, long, yeah. a lot of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it was probably a time when, when I wasn't very active in the um, EC space. If, if he would have said that, say yesterday, what would you, what would would your, I would ask him to, to explain what he means by that. I would definitely ask him to explain what he meant because I think when, back then I didn't really, I, I, I I don't know, I was not as, educated as i am now about these kind of things so but i think it's even for me there's lots of things that happened in the past where i didn't say anything because i just felt as as an ec person i felt quite powerless to say things and also there's a lot of things where i thought i'll probably misconstrued there's like always that little microaggressions where people will probably say things like oh that that Chinese takeaways does like sloppy food, whatever, or they would say the C word when referring to a Chinese takeaway. And then it is, it is one of those things where at the time I just didn't really say anything because I just didn't want to make a big deal of it. And, and because maybe because I was the only EC person within that group, if those comments came along, I just, thought it was just easy to not say anything but i think if it's now i think it's it's definitely something i would definitely bring up we are going to move on so we have been together for just over 12 years we recently got engaged ladies and gentlemen he proposed to me 12 years into the relationship (laughs) After having a child. And yeah, so I did things a little bit back, backwards. Actually, should we talk about our engagement or do you not want to talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't Instagram go to plan. No. Did not go to plan. <laughs> it's not something that I had in my head. Do you want to tell the listeners what happened? Oh, not really. <laughs> okay, we don't have to talk about it. But we've been together for, we've been together for 12 years and it's a long time. We've bought a house. We've, 
we've lived in two flats. We have, we have a little girl and we've been, we've done a lot together. But relationships, they're not always the easiest. There was a spell when we weren't aligned, where things just wasn't matching. And I felt like maybe like we grew apart. So I think in 2000 and is it 2017? Yeah. Like we did actually, not long after we bought this place and moved moved into our house, (laughs) like we did have to, we, we did go our separate ways for a little bit. It wasn't for long, probably about a month or something, but it was a really tough time. And let's just talk about those. Let's just talk about it just for a few minutes before we actually like start <laughs> arguing about quite it. Dark. <laughs> quite a dark. I know. It's quite dark, yeah. yeah, we'll just talk about it for a few minutes. I also think because of our... Um, the, the, Definitely the, the age. The, the age gap big, as well. It was a big... Played a big part. Yeah. And, and I it, think... I think back then in 2017, I... How old was I? I must have been like, what, 2017? How old was I then? I think I was about 30. No, 2017. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. 2017. (laughs) I think I was about 35 or something, 34, 35. And I think because at that age, I... I really wanted to settle down and I wanted to basically have a kid and I just wanted to like step away from the party scene. And being honest, I remember when we went to Burning Man, which is basically this huge kind of festival in Nevada in America. I went to Burning Man in 2014 and I feel then I, I achieved, like personally, I achieved quite a lot. I, I ran a marathon, went to quite a lot of parties and stuff. And I, and I think I was just really wanting to knuckle down. So that was a 2014. In 2017, so that was three years of me really wanting to settle down properly with someone and to mm. have a kid and to, yeah, just to, just to basically be an adult. Yeah. <laughs> but you are on a completely different, like yeah, paid I was, I you were and I remember we had conversations <laughs> about wanting to have kids and you yeah. just did not want to speak about it yeah yeah and I remember we went to Thailand so I went to Thailand I went on a Thai yoga massage retreat this is when I was this is when I was a massage therapist I went to Thailand for a couple of weeks and it was like a retreat and I just felt like I had an epiphany like in my head thinking, right, I just want to like really like be an adult. I really want to like knuckle down, really have a kid. And then I think that's when I came back and then I just realized that things weren't great. I think like, did you think like thinking back now, did you think things were fine? Like, were you happy with the way how things were going or? Yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't really remember. Like, I can't really remember too much, but I think I was just, I think I was just uh, too comfortable, I think. Mm. And I was like, cause I was, I was like, well, there was a four year age gap. So when, like, I think we, we went to Burning Man when you were 31. Yeah, I was about 32, I think, 32. in Burning Man. So then by this point, I was about 30, 31. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was still kind of like, all I was kind of thinking about was going, like, I just wanted to go to Fabric and I was DJing and mm. doing, just go, going out and going to festivals. I was mm. still kind of thinking like that. Yeah. I was like, check, like, instead of checking for things for us to do together, I'd be like, oh, the Cardo's playing at Fabric. <laughs> I'm obsessed with music, but at that point I was still, I loved, they're still wanting to go out a lot. Yeah. And I think I was just maybe just a bit, uh, com- like, complacent. Is that the word? Yeah. yeah. Just a bit. And that, that gave me a wake up call though when all this happened. I think we just grew apart at that time. I think we just weren't aligned. I think because I'd waited three years to, basically, I felt like I was waiting for you to, to, to want to yeah. settle down, but I just couldn't see it happening. So after three years, it's like, right, okay, so something needs to happen. And, and I think we were just, to be honest, when you were like, so, so at this point in 2017, I was 35 and you would have been 31. But when I was 31, I was doing exactly the same thing as what you were doing. So, 
So it, it's quite it hypocritical yeah. of me yeah. to demand from you to stop doing it because I was doing it at your age, but still, like, I had to personally, I, like, I had, to, I had to wait. Mm. And I think that did really put a big, um, strain on our relationship. I remember there were times when I would wake up really early on, on a Sunday morning and then I would go for a run and go for a cycle and I'd come home and you'd still be out. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that was just when Ricardo played it fabric yeah he, uh, like, when, when ricardo like so basically do you want to tell people who ricardo there's is a, <laughs> there's a dj with. called ricardo Villalobos, and every time he plays in fabric he always he doesn't come on till like six in the morning so we used to do this like a lot together we yeah. used to we would uh, on a saturday night we would go to bed really early not well actually we would go to bed <laughs> uh, and then we'd set an alarm for about four in the morning yeah. get up and have breakfast and then go to fabric because ricardo would play until midday yeah so rather than having to stay up all night we would get up yeah. have breakfast and go in the morning this is a, this is quite a normal thing to do for people <laughs> in our group and and actually when you go to fabric when ricardo plays a lot of people have done the same as you as well because yeah, yeah, it yeah. just yeah. so yeah we, we we actually used to do this together i can't remember the point that i was about to say though. no i um, think you were just i think we're just saying like how our lives were just oh, at that yeah, point yeah. our lives are different i think you said like you but yeah Sundays, I, rem- I remember that i remember you 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 got up and went to do your bike ride and i yeah yeah when you were saying that you were trying to find things for us to do i think you did but it was all it's all club related but i think at that point i thought oh it'd be quite nice just to sit in a restaurant and have some nice food which is what we do now but this is the thing i think Mm. it's i think it's just like we we did go through a blip in our relationship and it was a really tough time i think you went to chris and kirsten's and then i went to aaron and stacy's and then just so we can give each other a bit of space but i think in all honesty i think we needed that break though oh yeah definitely things weren't working out whether you were too comfortable or not or whether i was just like uncomfortable we both needed to be we both needed to meet in the middle it it, it definitely gave me a kick up the backside to yeah. to think about what I wanted and then like yeah and it kind of yeah I had an, a bit of an epiphany after all that because it was like okay this is what I want to be with you and I want to have a, I actually do want to have a family yeah. so that kind of it, it was yeah it was pretty yeah that was rough that was a rough it time. was a rough but we got out there we got, we got out, out the out other there. side yeah somehow. now we've got little more mind yeah we've got a lot more money yeah. as well when i hear people talk about relationships they think oh people need to get on but like the couples they need to get on and relationships should be effortless but i kind of disagree with some parts okay I, I agree that couples need to get on but when they say relationships should be effortless i think that is i think you need to make the effort because when you're in a relationship i feel that that people people change over a period of time like individually we change our personality changes we grow older we have different priorities we have some life changes we have maybe different stuff going on at work different different careers and stuff so I think because of that it sometimes I feel like you need to work harder in a relationship and even things like when you're you're what you do you're putting overnight you, you're putting all nighters in the office and then you're just forgetting about your family life and I think when I first started doing this podcast back in t- 2020 I was very passionate about the podcast I was doing two shows a month but because I was doing that it meant I didn't spend as much time with you and it meant that I didn't spend as much time with Moi Moi and I did that but at the time because I was so involved in doing the podcast I didn't really see that and it's not until like you take a break you just take a huge step back and you think actually okay you need to like that's a bit it's like right okay you need to focus on the people on on your family and stuff so that's something which I've learned but I know we don't have to talk about us breaking up anymore also that 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 year you you were in a different job and that was just a really full on yeah you, you were working crazy hours i was so working crazy hours we'll have to talk think, about that That's no i know but, but i think <laughs> <laughs> but i think i think that was if you were in the job you had now plus doing your podcast every two weeks it wouldn't be as bad but that 
other job was other was job more was demanding. Really <laughs> it was like so bad. <clears throat> like, oh, I don't understand how people go into jobs and hate it and they stick at it because for me it's just torture because you're at this job for like hours a day it's like most of your day you wake up you brush your teeth you go in the shower and you go to work and then you're there for hours hours and hours and hours I don't get how people do it anyway but this is totally taking us off on a tangent so starting off Chinese chippy girl it was a very it was a for me personally it's an incredible thing for me to do be like on a personal level because I feel so much more connected with my Chinese heritage I'm really embracing being a British East and Southeast Asian and I'm very passionate in bringing these conversations on on the shows and also networking with other people I just feel very honoured to be very connected and rooted to the my EC side. But I want to ask you how me starting the Chinese Chippy Girl or even me being more involved in the EC community, I want to ask you what has anything changed for you? Like have has it made you think of things differently or do you think you are still that Ewan Smith from 12 years ago. No, it's definitely, it's definitely made me more aware about racism and lots, lots of other things. Yeah. I mean, this, like the, the stuff that you cover in your podcast is really every, every time, every podcast you do or every podcast I listen to, cause I also listen to like vivs and, and the bc and stuff so yeah. like like as a collective i'm learning every time i'm listening to these podcasts so i've i mean I've, it's just, it's made me a lot more aware and it's made me kind of on guard for when if i do hear things that that aren't right and it's it's taught me to speak up as well yeah. and has that ever happened have you ever, ever been in a situation where you've heard of something and it's like really triggered you yeah but it kind of backfired because <laughs> i misheard the person <laughs> um yeah no I, I, I remember being at a friend's house and I, I i thought he said something that was was racist and i, I confronted him and i just misheard him because he's accent <laughs> but you basically misheard something yeah i misheard something and i definitely misheard it and i felt really stupid but but because i'm because i'm i'm more aware and i'm i'm, I'm almost listening out to find to, to try and correct people at my old work like at the last place i worked i think my Man, one of my managers said something about Oriental, and I, I and I was like, you shouldn't use that term anymore. There's nothing holding me back from maybe maybe five years ago, even 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 a few years ago. If so, if someone said that, I wouldn't say anything. And also, that's one thing I've I've learned as well. I've learned that that term is now outdated, and I've learned that through listening to your podcast and through chatting to people in your network and listening to like all the like bc and stuff so and reading all the stuff online that's been getting shared and stuff so that like i've uh that that was one time like i kind of interrupted him <laughs> he was like chatting to quite a few people and i kind of stopped like i was i wasn't even in the conversation and i butted in and was like you shouldn't use that term anymore oh well um, done so like that's that's one thing that i can remember yeah i think it's quite important for white people to call things out even more than than pocs because i feel I feel if if I call things out, then maybe I'm just conscious that people would perceive me as being too sensitive, yeah. and and then I'm conscious that people would say, "Oh, you, you're just being, yeah, you're just being too sensitive. It wasn't meant to offend you." Yeah. If I was a white person, and then I said the same thing, I called something out. I think I would be taken more seriously yeah. because it's coming from from a, from a white person, and I think. That's part of, that's part of white privilege, really. It's not a term that I use a lot because I'm still quite, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm still quite conscious of using, using the word white privilege. It's a big word. I know it's a word that white people aren't comfortable with. I've been, I've had challenging conversations with people when I have used this term with white people. I think white privilege is just, it can be a big thing or a small thing. And for me, this is what I'm saying. It's like, if it, just just with you calling it out and you speaking, telling that colleague saying, don't use Oriental. They won't use it again. They, yeah. They've learned, so like they, yeah. But but by you telling this, but you as a white person telling this, this person said, don't use Oriental. Hey, well done for you for, for calling that person out. And also they've taken it on board. But 
sometimes as a as as an EC person, as a Chinese person, if we said the same thing, we might not get that same yeah. reaction. I also want to talk about food. So when we first met, I remember I invited you around for dinner in Battersea. (laughs) And then I was like, I'm going to cook for you. I'm going to cook for you. And then I remember saying to you, is there any food that you don't like? And I think you said you like you eat everything Um, but i could have sworn you said you don't eat coleslaw you love coleslaw coleslaw. yeah okay so maybe i misheard but but you never said anything i think i said i I liked everything apart from brussels sprouts no you didn't say brussels sprouts yeah no you didn't say brussels sprouts but anyway anyway, but this is but this is back in march so i don't think brussels sprouts would have entered our mind whereas maybe if i spoke to you in december then it's like brussels sprout season i don't know but I made you, it's probably a Jamie Oliver recipe, a Malaysian <laughs> mango king prawn curry. Yeah. And it tasted really it good. Really good. But then good. you confessed to me that you don't. Yeah, I ate, I ate it all and then I really enjoyed it. And then I was like, oh, but I, I told you, oh, I forgot to tell you, I don't, I, I don't eat prawns. <laughs> <laughs> This is, I, I love prawns now. This is I, I hadn't eaten prawns for years because I went. I was. I, I remember I got really ill after eating prawns one time, so I kind of didn't eat them for years, and I forgot to tell you that. <laughs> but now you've converted me back to loving prawns again. So yeah. prawns are the best. Yeah, They're so good. <laughs> so I do feel since we first started seeing each other to now, I feel both are taste buds have expanded you like to enjoy your glass of wine in the evenings i can't think of anything worse. with food with food with food oh my god i think i think i'm the one of the only people that doesn't like drinking with food i think I, honestly i just can't think of anything worse i think when i'm drinking alcohol it just completely changes the the taste of, of food but not in a good way in a really like in a really poor way like I just don't, I just don't get it I'd rather drink a glass of coca-cola or water or something my food but anyway going back to the food topic I want to ask you what your top five dim sum dishes are can I and, just and say I'm I, not I'm not a fussy eater anymore I, <laughs> I was back when I, I was I was when I was uh, a lot younger but yeah my top and if five, you could say it in Cantonese that would be a bonus I, I, point I only know it in Cantonese I don't know <laughs> I don't know what some of them are called in English I like right so definitely water, is this an order water, by the way yeah I would say so really okay well, I, I don't know. Yeah, wart eat. Wart eat, okay. Which is pan-fried dumplings. Pan-fried dumplings, yeah. Or potstickers. Yeah, gaudi. Yeah. Uh, hagao. Yeah. I love, I love hagao. I know it's a, I know it's like a basic one. It's a like, basic one, yeah. It's the one that everyone else does, but I do love Do you want to hagao. explain what hagao is for people that don't know what it's it is? It's a prawn dumpling in the kind of glass. You threw pastry shell thing. Yeah. Yeah. Steamed um, as well, that steamed is. Steamed that one. Yeah. And then another prawn one, a salad mhagot. Wow, you said so well. Salad mhagot. Yeah, salad mhagot. That's, that's one of, that's is it one of my favourites. Is it salad mhagot? That's, that's my most favourite as well. Yeah. Uh, so salad mhagot in English, how would you translate it? Deep fried prawn dumpling with salad. Cream. Yes. Um, salad cream, I love it. And the uh, salem bao. Sulong Bao, yeah. X- XLB, yeah. Yeah. And Lobat Gold. Lobat Gold. Yeah. I would say they're, they're my f- top five, but I don't know. There's a few others there that like. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because there's so there's many choices. Many, yeah. There's too many. And some, sometimes when we go, I don't order, like, I, I yeah. won't order all of them. We always get Sulong Bao. Yeah. Saladum Hagot, we always get because Sadie likes it. But yeah, those, the, yeah, those are my like kind of go to ones. Mm-hmm. But I do like it. I do like everything. Yeah. I like like hachern and tassu churn. Yeah. Um, hachern, prawn, prawn roll. I have you said ha, uh, chen fan, chen fan, chen chen fan. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know what it is, just look it up. Like <laughs> I don't deep, know how to like explain it. Deep, otherwise, deep, uh, deep fried squid 
Best like things. Yeah, but it's side portion of sweet and sour sauce. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. I like it. Oh, the bean curd one as well that we... Oh, oh yeah, Sinjokgun. Yeah, Sinjokgun's really good, yeah. yeah. That's a new one. I've not had that in years. Yeah, and yeah. Then but recently we've been getting it. Recently we have been it. getting it. We have been, yeah. 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 And do you have any, like, fond memories of the food that we've eaten? Oh, so Any much. Asian food? So many. And, like, well, in, like, Hong Kong, and then also in, like, San Francisco, actually. Yeah. San Francisco when we were when we went to San Francisco well when when we went to Burning Man actually as we spent like a week in San Fran and mm-hmm. we kind of went out with your auntie Auntie Betty Auntie Betty yeah. I hope she's listening to the podcast yeah. hello she she took us to some really good place and in, in America when we went for dim sum in in, in yeah. San Fran we ordered the same amount of dishes as what we would do if we were having dim sum here. Yeah. But then they came yeah. and everything's enormous. The massive. So we could, like, we only managed to eat half of it. Like, the, the water was like double the size of mm. what you would get in Chinatown. Yeah. In London. So I remember, yeah, the, the, the food was really good. San mm. Francisco, Chinatown. Yeah. Not just Chinatown. There the was the, that restaurant we went to where the, 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 oh, was that when we had pigeon. the pigeons? Oh, we had the pigeons and we had the uh, the razor clown. Yeah, yeah, that was oh, that was so good. Right we need to figure out where that is. I think what well, um, I think Andy, my little brother, he actually went there. I think maybe about a year before the pandemic, and he went to San Francisco and he met up with I call her Bugalda. She's basically an auntie, like a blood related auntie, and she took Andy to the restaurant. And then, but because I think we really picked up this restaurant. So when Andy went, he was really disappointed. So definitely was really salty. And I was like, oh no, but that was so good. And I remember that day when we, that, that specific day when Bugle Dead took us out. I remember we went for a run around uh, San Francisco. Yeah. It's the most yeah. <laughs> and then we went to that Mama's. Uh, yeah, we yeah. queued up for about half an hour for breakfast at Mama's. Yeah. And it is a bit of a tourist trap, but oh, their breakfast well. is so good. We've been there quite a few times. And then we met up with Bugle and we weren't even that hungry, but then she, she just insisted that we have, we, we go for Yamta. So we end up going for Yamta anyway. And then she took us out again. And we had this amazing Chinese meal with like pigeon. I think we had like razor clams and everything. Honestly, everything was so good. And to be honest, I feel like I have more memories of eating Chinese food in San Francisco than I do in Hong Kong. But like in, in terms of standout meals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I agree. Cause, cause, in Hong Kong, the food was good every day, but yeah. I can't, apart from there was, there was one restaurant we went with your family that, that was a stand. Again, razor clams were involved, <laughs> <laughs> but like that was, but yeah, I know what you mean. There's like standout meals that yeah. you, that you'll never yeah. forget. And that's, yeah, that, that San Fran was yeah. good for that. I think when you've had food in Hong Kong and then you had food in, in San Francisco, like Chinese food, like both of them, and you come back to the UK, it's like, oh, like, like <laughs> the food in the smaller. UK is nice but it's just smaller yeah, it's so yeah. much smaller yeah. but even just things like croissants like pan au chocolat I remember going to New York when I went to visit McNally there was this truck and they sell like croissants and they're huge they're like 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 way bigger than the palm of my hands but the ones that you get in the UK are smaller and even the cans of coke like the cans of coke here it's just it's like 330 mil but in in America it's yeah, like, like yeah <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's like well over it's like half a litre yeah. and that's just like a standard size so it's, it's much bigger and also I feel like when People in America or Canada, when they come over, they always seem really disappointed with the food portions and also <laughs> the price of food as well, because it's just so much cheaper and you get bigger portions in America. We have been trying out more like different EC cuisines as well. Do you remember that time we went to Little Korea in Chinatown? Oh. We totally over-ordered those chicken wings because I think from the picture, they look quite small. And it's also really when enormous. we order like chicken drumsticks, we just know like when we make it here at it's home, like it's just, my, my yeah, friend. but the one, but the one in Little Korea yeah, in the uh, in the restaurant, like they give you plastic gloves, especially with the chicken wings or chicken drumsticks with the sauce. But they just oh, it's so good. We do quite like our food, and I think that's uh, that's quite a good thing. I feel like if you were 
uh, a quote unquote fussy eater. I don't think. No, I, mean, I wouldn't. I, I don't think it would work. work. No, <laughs> I think my mum. I think because my mum's such a feeder, she'll just give you everything, and yeah. whenever she see, she sees you with uh, a clean bowl, yeah. she'll just assume that you still got room for food, even though you haven't, and then she'll just have give you like another scoop of rice yeah. and kettle to I've, eat the rest I've of been, leftovers. I must say, I'm, I'm I'm very grateful for the everything, all the food that you and your family has introduced me to over the years it's definitely yeah yeah definitely it's, it's one, one, one thing I've definitely <laughs> I've, I've tried everything that you've, you've mm. given me everything that they've given me and yeah I love it We are coming to an end of my podcast. Cool. Is there anything that you want to say? This is your last chance, you and Smith. <laughs> there was a bit that you were going to talk about, but you didn't. Oh, was there? You skipped. Did I skip? Oh, what has you noticed more about George since Chinese Chippy Girl? Well, yeah, I was going to ask about that, but then I just felt like it was just blowing my own trumpet. And I've already spoken about my... Uh, But we can talk about it. If you've already prepared something, have you noticed a change in me since starting Chinese Chippy Girl? Yeah, massively. Yeah. Yeah. Am I more moody? (laughs) No, no, no. You have kind of covered quite a few things I was going to say, but you're more aware of everything. But it's just been, I'd say for for me, it's it's been nice to hear you open up about stuff because there's a lot of it that you've, that like, cause this is all, all trauma that you've not dealt with for years and, by doing your podcast, it's kind of you had to relive a lot of that trauma. It's been good to hear. I think there's a few podcasts you've done and you've told stories, and you'd never told me that before. And like, it's just it's been quite enlightening for me because just to kind of hear even more about what you've gone through in the past and stuff. And it's yeah, it's just been good to learn more about you through doing this podcast because you've been more open and like letting kind of bringing the your your trauma to a surface but by doing that it's kind of le- it's almost like therapy for you which is i think is 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 good i think in a way and like i think it's been quite it's like it's not it's never really came up in conversation and it's also like with with my white friends it's never really it's, it's just not come up yeah. i've been pals with stacy and emily and mcnally for like years and years yeah. and years it's only like what a couple of years ago i've been telling them my yeah. story because it's just never come up in conversation maybe part of me was quite embarrassed talking about my upbringing when i meet the ec crew like it comes back and that to me is therapy because I don't have to over explain things. Yeah. Like I just say a few words like, yep, we got it. We've, you know, I been think there. for me, for me, it's been great to see that, that you've got that connection with, yeah. with, with these, these it's been girls. So like good. This, this, well, this, you've got a whole crew now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, so like, it's been really nice for, to, to, from my perspective to mm. see you change. You've, you've met all these wonderful people mm. who I've, I've been lucky to, yeah. to hang out with myself as well. Mm. So it's just, I don't know. I just thought it's, I wanted to say about that. I know that you sit like now, now you feel like you're more in touch with your Chinese heritage, mm. which is also really nice to hear because it's really all come out in the last few years. Mm. So it's just, I don't know. I just, I yeah. was, that's quite do good. you do you have a favourite one of my EC friends? <laughs> if I read out their names, I can't say that. If no, I read no, out no, their no, names, no, no, no. do you want to rank no, them? No, no, I'm joking. No. I'm joking. Don't do that. No, yeah. but yeah, they're all lovely. Yeah, it's um, the one that you bond quite well with, though. No, they're all. I, I get on with them all. <laughs> Go on, just name one person. <laughs> I know you're a big fan of Anna Chan. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Viviao, yeah, yeah, and Carly Wu, Mayan. There's so many. La. Is there anything in Chinese that you want to say before we go? Is there anything in Cantonese? Do you want to? Sh- this is your opportunity well, to what, show what up in Cantonese. This, what times this show going going live? Oh, I don't know. I haven't figured that out yet. I still need to like, right. edit it. In the morning, you can say Joel San. Joel San, yeah, well yeah. done. Ngoi. Ngoi. Ngoi yeah. Means thank yeah. you. But there's but what's the other thank you though? There's two ways of saying thank you. Oh, I can't remember. So in Cantonese there's two ways of saying thank you. There's ngoi, 
which is basically it's just a small thing. It's like cheers, or yeah. someone holds a door for you, yeah. or but you get um, say, I'm quite sad. yeah, um, guys, or some just like someone just passes you something, so um, guy, whatever. It's just like quite small. Um, guys, side, it's like oh, thank you very much. Yeah. But there's also Dodzer, which oh, means, yeah, oh, that, yeah. thank you so, so oh, much. Okay, That's okay. if someone gives you like a lacy, mm-hmm. like a big fat, a big fat GC, like, I don't know, like red envelope with yeah, a bit yeah. of cash in. That's Dodzer. Okay. Yeah. What else can you say? Come on, uh, my mum's listening to this. <laughs> well, what do you want me to? What about some food? So I do realise you're not a performing monkey. There's lots of words. I know lots of words. Can you count? Count to ten? Yeah, you sound so... Mm, look. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we've got the mic. Because we're recording, I'm nervous. I know the song. Because <laughs> we've been Oh, you sing the mic. song, yeah. Yeah, you Sam, Sam, you yeah, you sound so... Mm, look, tap. Yeah. Yeah, you sound so... Mm, look, tap. Back girls. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're teaching uh, we're teaching CDs, so teaching I'm kind of learning the CD. Yeah, I, I know all the colours. I, I know the same as CD. She probably knows a bit more, but yeah, yeah. So before we go, if anyone wants to contact you to say, "Wow, that was such <laughs> no. a good show," we want to find out more about you, find out more about your about your <laughs> music, about your DJing. Where can people follow you? Yeah, I mean, I'm not very good on social media, but I do. I, I'm on Instagram more than Facebook. Okay. <laughs> I don't really go on Facebook, and I'm absolutely not. On well, TikTok. who goes on Facebook now? Though, like, who? Like, who? People still share stuff. Who though? Yeah, I don't know. So Load of rubbish, but yeah, no, yeah. I've got a record label called Moi Moi Record, so you can find me on Instagram. Yeah, and why is it called Moi Moi Records? Well, it's named after our daughter Sadie because we call her Moi Moi. Yeah, which means little girl. Yeah, well done. (laughs) So yeah, that's that's why I called called it Moi. Well, I I don't need to explain that on here, but but, yeah, search for Moi Moi Records or Ewan Moi Moi. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, you and Smith, thank you so much for coming on the show. I wish you a good journey home. <laughs> no, it's been good. I think it's been good to been good to chat. And for me, I know from a just from a more personal perspective, because hopefully for season three, I want to do more shows in person. So it's quite good to, to test it out with yeah, you. So pig. yeah, you're the guinea pig. Um, is there anything else that you want to say before we go? I hope. It doesn't take too long to edit this one. No, thanks, thanks for having me on. I don't feel like I'm worthy of coming on here. <laughs> you've had all these great guests, and then you've got me. It's kind of, yeah. Who's nah. your favourite EC person? Mm, Benny Wong. Benny Wong. <laughs> You're supposed to say me, by the way. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like uh, no, no. But yeah, Benny of course Wong. Course, it's you. But yeah, no, I thought you meant. Like, <laughs> I thought you meant famous first. Okay, yeah. I'm going to stop recording now. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for I think you've done me. really well. You were fidgeting quite a lot at the start, but you got into your rhythm. You got more relaxed and stuff. I think you were fine. Yeah. Weren't you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do you want a cup of tea? Yes, please. Okay, then. Bye, everyone. Thank Thanks for listening. Thanks.